Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fezbuddy and Killing Bird. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Killing Bird here, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ron Fezbuddy. How are you? Good, bro. How are you? Doing great. Looking forward to tonight's show. I think it's going to be a fun one. Absolutely. It's not every show that we have a WSOP main event final table list, right? Yeah, I think it, it should be fun, and I think he, I mean, I've only talked to him a little bit, you know, just sort of in the preparation for having him uh, be a, uh, you know, rep TP of the final table, so... Don't consider him somebody that I know very well yet, but in a little bit of interaction, he just seems like a really cool guy yeah. and a fun guy to talk to. So. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, Rob Salaburu, if you didn't see the main event, he was uh, he was repping TPE, or TPE patch. Um, we sponsored him, and, um, you know, as... As Derek was saying, he, you know, he, the guy definitely had a reputation, right? Um, he got, yeah. he got some, you know, some negative feedback too from some people, you know, in regards to his behavior, which I think was a little, little unwarranted. But um, he's just a really cool guy. I mean, from my conversations with him too, and you know, really smart poker player, um, really interesting guy. Um, thinks at another level as well. So it should be a good conversation with yeah. Rob today. Yeah, I think the best way to describe him is polarizing. <laughs> like, there are people who loved him, and yeah. there are definitely some people who did not love him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, he seemed like he was having the most fun yeah. of anybody. So there's something to be said for that. It is supposed to be a fun game, after all. Absolutely. So it's good. I'm glad good to talk to him today. It'll be good to talk to him in a bit. Yeah, looking forward to having him on. And uh, before we get into that, I know uh, you're you got some poker to play pretty soon, right? Yeah, I'm going to uh, going to Borgata and well. We're recording here on Monday and going to play uh, one tournament uh, in their fall series on Wednesday. And then I'm going back for the WSOPC, the circuit event in Harris in December. And uh, most likely going to pay that main event. Um, I'm just playing really well right now. I'm feeling really good about poker. And I'm making really good decisions and I'm also running well. <laughs> yeah, that always helps. <laughs> Which, um, you know, it's still a month away. So who knows what things are going to be like in a month from now. But uh but yeah, I'm gonna go play that. So I'm looking forward to. It. I got some live play coming up. Um, yeah, I, those are two pretty good tournaments to play too. Because the Borgata, I mean, we've talked about this several times recently, but they run such a great series. Yeah. And then of course that WSOPC main event is just gonna be a great structure yeah. with, I'm sure, a huge prize pool. Yep. So. Yep. I think they had over, I think they had over a million or two, a million and a half or something last year. I know it was a big, big prize pool. It attracts a lot of players. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of satellites in too. So it should be a balance between. You know, some good players who are there for the, the big prize and the good structure as well as some satellite, you know, entries and stuff. So, right. um, and like I said, I feel like I'm playing, I, I, I'm def, I think I'm playing the best poker I've ever played at this point in my life. So I'm just killing me that I don't have a, a you know, full tilter <laughs> poker stars to play it on. <laughs> right. Uh, you could go grind the $5 rebuy on Mock. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. And you've, uh, do. you won it recently, didn't you? Yeah. Or you finished second. I don't know. I I've been playing a lot, so if either one or I mean, there, there's like 200 runners, right, in a lot of these tournaments. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I've won or final table to top three to every every one of the nightly tournaments I play. It's just you know, there's so few, there's so you know, you, you know, if you're gonna make a final table one out of you know every 20 times, and you're playing you know almost every day for a month, <laughs> right. you're gonna be a final table a lot of them. It's just how you finish, right? Yeah. So. 
Yes, I, and I'm I'm heading up to AC for the circuit event too. Unfortunately, it's going to be the beginning of the series. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be out there for the end, so I'm going to miss you. But I'm going to get to hang out with uh, with Casey and T Twist and some of the other guys uh, and and girls. I believe Jamie Kersetter is going to be up there as well. So we will get to hang out with some of the pros, and I know a bunch of members will be out and stuff. Yeah. So that'll be a fun hang, but of course it'd be more fun if, if the whole team was there. But it's killing me that I can't make that. I have just a previous commitment that I have to go to that weekend. But that's going to be, I mean, talking about juicy, that's the tournament you're playing is going to be the juiciest one. It's the first, you know, the, those, those WSOPCs, you know, event one is always like, you know, 300, 500 bucks, you know, huge, yeah. huge uh, player pool, a lot of soft spots, good structure. Yeah, and it's two starting days too, so you kind of get a, you know, you get, well, a you get a big prize pool, and b you get a chance if you do, you know, run into a sick cooler or, or you know, lose some kind of big flip or something, you do get a chance to get back in there, and and you're so plus EV that it's it's worth it to fire those extra bullets. So. Right. Right. Well, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm gonna be I'm gonna miss you guys, but if any members are around during the um, well, either you know, I, I think we're gonna put this out. Soon, right? Are we yep, yeah, this will be up uh, probably Tuesday morning. Okay, so. so if anyone downloads this and is going to be at the Borgata on Wednesday, just hit me up. Let me know. Um, you know, I'll be around playing, but you know, I'd love to meet up with members. Uh, you know, at some point, and then uh, anyone who's going to be there during the the main event of the uh, WSPC, let me know. And uh, you know, I my TPE family won't be. Uh, I think you know, you and K- Casey and Titus are going to be gone, right? Unless they unless they run the table or they. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, if I win that first event, I might hang around right. for the main okay. event. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. And as always, we always tell people, you know, follow us on Twitter, and you can, uh, you know, we'll, we always like to say, oh, we're you know we're at this bar, we're at this restaurant, come hang out. We're always more than happy to hang out with people. So. Right. Well, I think um, you know it's also worth talking about here. The you know the biggest news of the week is well, it's been a pretty busy two you know a couple of weeks since our last. Uh, uh, podcast, um, you know, the final table happened. Um, we're going to get mm-hmm. fully into that with Rob, uh, but full tilt is back online, huh? Yeah, I know, and I, I think I, I think I uh, hit you up on AIM or, or Skype today and said, seeing screenshots of full tilt poker is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I can't even handle it. I know it looks so good. What was your avatar? Uh... Pilot. I had the pilot. the pilot. That's right. That's right. I, yeah, I had the monkey because my kids loved when I made the monkey smile. <laughs> and, and they also loved when I folded because the monkey would show up from behind the cards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, they're like, "Make the monkey co- come! Make the monkey get!" Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And then I make him smile and get mad, just roll on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I I never knew how much I would miss playing with the avatar yeah. as much as I do now. Yeah. Like, I just remember you could like I think it was just F one through four, and yep. you can make all the smiley faces. Yep. <laughs> Well, congrats to all our um, our uh, non-U.S. Uh, friends and listeners who, you know, finally got their balances back, um, got their full tilt back, got you know another another site to play on. Um, happy for you guys. Uh, we're jealous, obviously, and we're hoping that this lame duck session um, of the of the Congress will produce a bill. Uh, we're not holding our breath, um, and if it doesn't happen, we'll probably have to go state by state. Which will be, you know, a while. But uh, happy for you guys. Happy to see the the poker world flourishing again. Yeah, absolutely. Back out there, and it's and it's nice now. I can wear my full tilt uh, t-shirt again because it's it's cool again. <laughs> In your eyes. Okay, maybe it was never cool, but <laughs> cool. oh boy. Right on. Well, let's uh, let's 
stop rambling and uh, and get Robin here. We'll talk a little WSOP poker. So uh, we'll take a break, and we'll come back with Rob Celebrew on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. If you are looking for the best MTG training site on the planet, look no further than TournamentPokerEdge.com. Tournament Poker Edge focuses exclusively on multi-table tournaments and features some of the best live and online pros. No waiting through cash game videos looking for the occasional tournament video. Tournament Poker Edge also offers strategy articles, forums, a member chat room, and much more. So visit TournamentPokerEdge.com and start taking your game to the next level now. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Very happy to welcome to the show now Rob Salaburu, main event final tableist. How you doing, sir? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Happy to be here. Great. Cool. Well, first of all, thank you very much for uh, for representing Tournament Poker Edge at the final table. That was a, a nice little thrill for us. Yeah, it was awesome. It was unexpected. I'm so happy to happy to happy to be a part of it for sure. You know, I was uh, I was I'm on the East Coast, Rob, and I'm in New York, so I I couldn't actually watch the final table um, because of the, the 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 storm. We lost power, but I still had cell service, so Derek was like texting me. You know, right. <laughs> here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. <laughs> it was it was good to get those updates. Um, you know, while it was going on, uh, but I missed Probably it. Didn't last longer. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, I was really upset when I got the text that, that you busted and, and how you busted, you know, with the, the major hand, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the the only thing that kept me sane was I was like, well, he feels worse than we do, so <laughs> I can't feel too bad. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what was that like? I mean, obviously, it's a huge build up to the November nine, and uh, you know, you spend all that time waiting to play, um, and you kind of got off to a quick start too. I mean, I think you chipped up from like fifteen million or yeah, fifteen or seventeen million up to like twenty five. Almost right away. Yeah, I went to, um, to twenty-five basically right away. I was, I was getting some good hands early. I mean, if it, it felt good at the beginning, uh, I could tell a lot of people were nervous, and I, I was nervous at first. But like after the first hand was dealt, like I felt pretty comfortable, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. It seemed like it seemed like nobody was willing to to really make any moves early or play any big pots, which I guess is kind of consistent of a lot of past final tables. So I guess to come out firing early like that is, is the way to go. And, of course, it helps to get hands. Right. It was a combination of two things. But, I mean, obviously, yeah, I, that was kind of my strategy going in because I felt like – I just felt like, um, like you just said, people were going to – like, I watched the last, like, ten of them, you know, and I was just, like, watching how – I mean, even though it doesn't matter, it's completely different players, everything about it, but the stage is the same – the feeling's the same, so you can understand like how humans can react like similar to the same situation over the course of time. Like you could see it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, right. And I, you know, saw the guys come out hammering, and then I saw some guys like just t- chill back. Like Peter Eastgate just chilled the whole time, you know, just wait. Right. And then there's other guys like doing crazy shit. But at the time, like you literally like go back and you laugh. It's like four years ago, and people were like twelve xing preflop. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> Jerry Yang. <laughs> yeah. What is this guy doing? Like, it works it, for him though. Is, that, that final table literally is like a comedy show for me. Like him yeah. and God and like everything. Like, it just <laughs> makes me laugh every single time. Did yeah. you actually like go back and watch other final tables from yeah, the past? Yeah, did you? You yeah. watch all of them? Oh, that's cool. So, how did you get? Like, did ESPN send them to you, or did you? Nah, just find YouTube. Them? Just YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Thing, yeah. Well, that's cool. that's cool. I never thought about that. So you went back and watched like how how other people. Like, did you see any interesting like styles or patterns develop well, or anything you wanted to model no, by doing well, that? No, not. I didn't like. Like I said, like the the games can be completely different with the players, but like okay. it's the same. Uh, I guess I just wanted to get a feel of like you know, the stage, you know right. what I mean? Like how it's going to affect people. And you could definitely see how it affected more people than others, you know? Yeah. And, and even on our final table, you could definitely, like even like Greg, came outside like after the first break, he was like, yeah, I was kind of nervous at first, but after, I, you know, got in that big pot right away, like he feels comfortable now, you know what I mean? So you right. could even like anybody that was there, like they, if you feel it, you know? So, well, you know, what I thought was interesting. Um, because you know, just hearing about your background and, and and reading up and seeing you talk on or hearing you talk on other podcasts, you, you def you've put in a ton of hours in MTTs, right? Yeah, it sounds like you played you at one point you were playing thousands a year. You you were a grinder pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I went from cash game grinder to like two years of like being an MTT reg, you know? Right. So you're, I mean, you know all about you know final two, final three tables, short yeah. stack. You, you know the whole swing of and the momentum of tournaments, but like. This being the main event and the live stage and, you know, not even just the, the final table, but, you know, playing on down the last couple of days. Like how uh, – let me see if I can phrase this question, but how different um, does it feel from when you're in a normal, um, a normal, you know, late stages of a tournament when you're in this stage? Were you able to sort of shut that out and, and play? Because you seem pretty much the coolest of everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe Greggy, but, you know, for the most part – he he seemed pretty calm. You seemed really calm and just playing tournaments like you were playing, you know, a Sunday major or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, like you just said, I've been in that spot so many times. And at that point, like, I wasn't even looking at pay jumps the last. Right. I mean, I didn't look at pay jumps, honestly, until, like, I made the final table. I was just, like, I had one goal, you know, and I was just getting yeah. through and making it, like, making these chips do something and get me to a point, to the stage where I need to be, you know. So at right. that point, I was, like, you're like after day seven, you kind of block everything out, man. You you have to like just just you haven't done anything yet, you know. What I mean, right. you feel it, it's close, you know, it's there, but you haven't done shit until you make it. So, right, just like really try to focus and block everything else out. And I was just playing solid, like I would play any tournament, you know. I was taking every spot I thought I should take, and I felt like making the right moves. That's why I felt like I did the best in that tournament than any other tournament. Just, when I saw a spot, I took it, and I took it relentlessly. You know, that's like that's awesome. That's that's so huge to do, and then on a tournament at that size, it just makes it that much better because, like you said, it's the main event. People are freaking out, you know. So the people that affects really badly. Now, was there a point in the main event where like the the, the flick the the switch flicked? Um, I mean, I played a couple of them, so I've been through. Yeah, I've only I made three day three once and I, I busted out on day two twice of uh, day one twice. So I only have one experience of not even a deep run, but just making a mul multiple days. And I say that for me, you know, the, the first couple hours are, are a little bit nerve wracking, and then it, you you start to get relaxed and play just poker at a certain point, and then it starts to feel like okay, oh, we're getting close to the money, and that's as far as I've gotten. I started to feel a little bit. It was like di a different type of tournament. Did right. did it just feel like you know whatever for you up until a certain point, or? Or did it did it did it feel like something interesting was happening or special was happening along the way? Uh, 
Well, just yeah, after just, I mean, getting through day one because last year I didn't get through that. That was cool. You know, I just wanted to back up. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a lie. That's a lie. I, I got I got to day two or three last year, but yeah. I, my whole thing was just trying to bag up every day. Like my buddy before the time, he was like, Rob, don't punt this one. Just bag up every day. And I was right. like, yeah, you know, that's all you have to do. I can't do anything fucking else. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> when it, you're playing a tournament, like it's a fucking marathon, you know, and it's, you just, you can't, you can't justify anything in that given moment just to go for it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like there are certain spots where, I wouldn't want to put myself in a position where, like, like my whole stack was ever in jeopardy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just played really, really uh, – I mean, it was just so deep. You can play a lot of pots, and you can play a lot of pots in position and just, like, pick your spots, you know? So it's a great tournament. I don't know. I, I just felt yeah. like after day five, day six, when we started getting down, like, 300 people, and then that's when I, like, no tournaments, you know what I mean? Because, like, on Sundays you just black out, and you're like, okay, like, you wake up, and there's a tournament. Like, you have, like, you know, 150K, and there's – 300 people left, and you're like, okay, let's fucking win this one. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you're, after, like, 12 tables, then you, you narrow it out to two or three, and then all of a sudden there's a couple big stacks, and now right, it's... Right, now it's okay, let's go. It's go time, you know? Yeah. So yeah. you start feeling that kind of shit. Like, whenever you can grasp winning a tournament after cutting through any kind of field like that, like, putting yourself in the top five, top 10% of the tournament, it's like, feels really, really, really feasible you know i feel i feel that way just because i played so many like i mean i think i'm gonna win every fucking term and i get down to 100 people and you know just like like how your mindset is when you play a lot of mgs like you just want to i mean obviously you have to be realistic but like that's what i went for i played for the win you know so i didn't really give a fuck about pay jumps or anything like that i just played like you said i just played tournaments i just went for it and yeah. spot. Right. speaking of multi-tabling were you playing like eight or ten other tables while at the final table of the main event? Because you act very, very fast, and it seemed like you had other hands to get to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I just act that way my whole life whenever I play. I don't know. I just, I've always, I've done the whole slow thing I've done, and I feel like whenever I go against my first decision, it's always wrong. And I, I just feel like, think long, think think wrong when I play, you know? <laughs> so, right. I, I like, yeah, I guess, I guess that... Everybody that's ever played with me is always like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, like, why are you so crazy? I'm just like, that's how I play, you know? I, I guess the like, question, though, is is there, is there ever a spot where you actually need the time to think that that has thrown, like, that's given away information, do you think? Has that ever happened to you, or is that not really a, an issue? Mm, yeah, probably. I mean, there's probably spots where, yeah, I mean, yeah. I could agree with that, but there's... I don't know. I mean, it, I, it, it, obviously, I also do it for other reasons because it makes like people think I'm like so crazy and whatever. But it just like throw chips around the pot, so I get like paid off by old men all the time because fucking they can't stand it. Like they start like this tournament WPT. Like I was raising this guy and he just like started throwing the chips in the pot. Like he's like, I can throw them in the pot too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can, sir. <laughs> you can do whatever you please. You know, it's just like. That's the awesome. fuck out of them. I don't know. They don't like it. So I've always done it ever since I was young. And well, I think I that's a real smart ass at the table, like even more so. So, so that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, between that and I, and I think uh, you know some of the the things they captured, the conversations you're having, you got a pretty pretty controversial label um, through the course of the of the broadcast. Um, I mean, did you feel you were as controversial as they were painting you to be? I mean, they're just, they just—I make good TV, and they just—they took all the spots. Like every time I served them something, they—they they went for it. Like that was like spots where I'm on the rail talking to a buddy, and like it's not even like 
I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? I don't think about the mic, but they like turn up the mic and they're like, oh, he just called Stephen G an idiot. And like, God, I feel so bad. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry when I saw him, I was like, geez. But right. uh, and it wasn't even that I felt bad about that. It was just like I felt bad for his family, like that. I'm calling him an idiot on TV. That's like fuck, you know. But it's like. It's not like I'm going up to the guy's face like, you fucking idiot, like, you're dickhead, you know? It's not, right. I'm, I don't know. It's just the way they the way they know how to – I mean, it's editing. They know what they're doing. And, like, what, what's really funny is that when I was telling Karatna, I was like, seven ball. And the way they made it seem was like they were chopping it back and forth to me and the girl. Like, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they needed that, like, um yes. that like Mexican TV music, yes. that, you know, that dramatic music. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. I don't know. I, I mean, it's whatever. It is what it is, and I can't really do anything about it. I mean, everybody around me that I know, I mean, they loved it. They thought it was hilarious. So, I mean, people that didn't like it, you know, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, it's it is what it is. Like I said, yeah, yeah I I personally enjoyed it, but uh, no, but I've always I, liked a little bit of uh, a little bit of edge at the table, so I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um. So back when you when you. Played, I assume you obviously played on Full Tilt and Stars and all, and all those. Did you have pretty big, you know, pretty big MTT success in terms of like? Yeah, I mean, I hit some Sunday. I've hit some. I mean, I'm final table pretty much. Uh, at least I don't know. I've final table a lot, a lot, a lot of the Sunday majors. Uh, yeah. I've won the quarter million. I won the second chance. I won. I mean, I got third in the one K. I've had some pretty good. I we got third in the Sunday five hundred. I mean, I've had some pretty good success on there. Nice. And do you still play now, like on any of the U.S. facing sites? No, I don't trust any of that shit. I've lost about probably fifteen k and just like donking off cash on that site just because I never, I never think I'm gonna get my money off, so I just like hunt it. <laughs> so it's just like play, play money. It's like real play money. Real play money. Yeah. <laughs> and, and any plans now to relocate the play online, or are you just yeah, gonna I kind of play the online circuit? I went down to Cabo for scoops and set up my account and got all that stuff all that jazz going, so it's definitely going to go back there probably for F-Tops. <laughs> I just played this live bird, and like I said, it was pretty brutal. I was, you know, top three in chips out of day one, and then, you know, just one thing happens, and you're out, and just like uh, all the travel expenses, everything. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is it going to be now a mix of more, a lot more live stuff, or just, you know, sprinkling it It's so bad, because I would just grind live, or online tournaments and play live cash, because... I feel like that's the best combination because live cash is just so soft and so many good spots, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. MTTs, they are what they are. Yep. Yeah, they're definitely swingy cash. You could definitely, you know, grind out a more consistent graph for sure. Start, like, obviously, like, play into bigger games, like, you can sustain yourself a lot better, you know? I don't know. Like, you can just go in there and meet with like make what you need to make for that you know that month in a couple of sessions or three to four sessions you know and just have all your living expenses marked out right yeah so when you were um what w- when you played obviously you said obviously you played this year you said you played last year you made day two day three um were had was that was last year your first main event or had yeah you- first yeah that was my yeah my first main event so did you did you build up to the main event or did you did like, that no, the first time that when I'm I'm just looking at it from the perspective of you know some of the listeners who are building a bankroll and you know trying to to get to that point, um, which is a lot of the goal for a lot right, of right, 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 for sure. I completely understand. Um, no, my first 10k I played was the PCA. Mm-hmm. I I won a 
I was like top hundred for TLBs on stars, and they gave a hundred person free roll. Or they gave out four seats, I think, and I ended up winning a seat. So that was like really cool. I was that was when I first started grinding MTTs, probably like three or four months into it, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a cool experience. So that was the first time I got to play one because I satellited, and the second time uh, I was playing and I sold action for it. Mm-hmm. And so basically, oh, actually, I was staked at the time for the first time. For the first one, and I think my backer sold pieces of me to people. Oh. So, wow, gotcha. Yeah, it was that was how it was the first time. So, gotcha. first time I didn't put myself in. The second time, uh, I ran through like 35k the month before my own role, just shooting bullets at World Series events, trying to get rich, and it didn't <laughs> work out. So, don't do that. Managing a ton of people, uh, not recommend it. And then so, uh, I was pretty much buzzed. I had about five, six k, and my buddy Bobby, my buddy Bobby Lane was just pushing me like, "When are you coming out here?" And I'm like, "I'm, I'm not going out there, dude." <laughs> Fuck. And he's like, "Dude, you got to get out here." So, like, I got a lot of good friends in the community, and just, like sold action to Stevie four 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 and a couple other buddies, and right, my rest of my piece, and was out there. I was out there on a whim, bought a one way ticket, was ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it's if, given the the history that you just went through with your MTTs and the background and the people you know and and what you know, it's like, I mean, you're, you're clearly plus EV in every event at the you know pretty much most events at the at the the World Series, maybe even every event. I don't I don't know how you feel like you you are in mixed games or not, um, but you know it's it's such a huge it's such a huge expense. So I, I mean, how do you, how does one do that without you know without getting backed or, or, you know, grinding slowly, like for you now, are you going to go out and, and sort of, you know, use a big bankroll now from this win and play everything or are you just no, going to swing so, back I'll, a little bit? I'll still action still. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, tournament variance is huge, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I want to capitalize on a heater, but uh, I don't want to put myself in a position where I've put myself in the past, you know, right. like, you know, having 50, 60, 70 K that, that's a lot of money and fucking that off is stupid. Now I have a lot of money that if I fuck off. I'm going to be really pissed off at myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's a different ball game. And I just, uh, just want to make right choices and not just go leaps and bounds over what I need to be doing just because, you know, yeah. this day, like uh, I wouldn't even be, I mean, literally grinding. Like right now I'm in a position where I can't really quit. I have to, keep playing because I don't have enough money, you know, but uh, if I had won or even top three or something, I don't know how much poker I would actually be grinding, you know. Right. At the end of the day, I love poker and I love everything about it, but every, the 10 years I've been playing has come to, you know, one tournament making the success of like a lifetime, you know, that's the whole reason why I got into this. Like, right. I, I never got in this to, you know, grind it out. I got into this, like, a massive, large amount of capital, and that's the reason why I continue to play tournaments, even though they are very brutal. Right. Right, it gives you that opportunity to amass that, that large score and, and, and well, win that. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> well, you should have no problem getting uh, selling pieces of big tournaments now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it on Twitter, you'll be all set. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I was, I, we have... I, I play with cash games back in San Antonio with a bunch of old guys, uh, a bunch of rich old dudes, and they're all funny. And uh, I, I fuck with them all the time. And uh, right before the main event, I was fucking with Putre about putting me, a, a, an older gentleman, about putting me in the tournament. And he's like, fuck that crap shoot piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
don't, I just don't give a fuck, you know? <laughs> Have you seen him since? Oh, yeah, I just fucking needle him all the time now. He loves it. <laughs> he he's such an idiot. It's like, God damn it. You should hand him your, like, your payout stub. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's, so, he's just a rich, rich old dude. He's like, just, he's like fuck. It's <laughs> funny. Fun fucking people like that. So and I have a lot of people, too, because, like, literally those, <clears throat> like, I have a huge network, you know what I mean? Like, you build that up. It's like any business, you know? At the end of the day, like, if you feel like you're profitable and you feel like you can get, make people money and make yourself money and you know how to market yourself, like, it's like, yeah, there's a huge network that you can, you know, reach out to and, right. you know, like maybe a small, you put out a bunch of seeds and maybe a small percentage of them come back, you know? Right. So I had a bunch of people because that night on Facebook, like Bobby got me all pumped up and I just hammered it out. So like every one of my buddies was like selling blah, 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 this percentage, blah, 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 you know? And then, you know, after I sold out like in, you know, whatever amount of time, I think it was that day. And then, and those people didn't respond back, and then, like, now they're like, God, dude, I couldn't have a piece of you. It's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, you can just, like, but it's stupid because it's just, like, it's that one time. You know, I don't know how to explain, like, buying pieces, I feel like, is so much more profitable than actually like, backing players. But in the same sense, it's like you go in such a dry spell of both, you know? Right. I don't, it's just, it's a, weird, it's a weird game out there. It's a weird place to make money, for sure. There's a lot of ways to do it, though. You know, yeah, buying pieces. I mean, if you it, it, you can't expect to make money if you're buying you know two or three pieces here or there. You have to have like the capital to spread it out. Right, right. you have to you shoot know. a bunch of bullets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless you get lucky. I remember I um my, back in the uh, the full tilt days, the uh, the double deuce was that right, double right, deuce? Right, yeah, yeah. a friend of mine who is a great player and um, is now a high stakes player, but but uh, he wasn't a high stakes player at the time. He sold the package that included that, and then he. And, and and he final tabled it and, and then he won it and I bought um, but I didn't want to buy like you know he was selling fifty percent but I didn't want to spend all that money so I only bought twenty percent right. but it was like another like his package was like another thirty dollars right <laughs> <laughs> like for the whole fifty percent and I was the first person he asked yeah. <laughs> and so for thirty bucks I lost like another like. $8,000 or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, like if over the long run, though, if I had bought every single maximum, right. I would not make right. any money. <laughs> right, exactly. You, you uh, but it just kills lucky. you the one time. It kills you the one time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how how enthralling a sweat is, you know what yeah. I mean? It yeah. really is. It, it gets people going for sure. It does. It does. It's fun. It's especially, I mean, now, um, you know, being that we can't play on, on the, you know, at least from the U.S., um, I try to buy a piece here and there if I can from someone who's playing. For sure. <laughs> I, I've, I've fucked around with it, you know. Yeah, just so you could so you could open up Poker Stars and, and watch a tournament and actually have some vested interest in it. So. Cool. Yeah, even if it's not a substantial amount of money, it's just fun for the sweat. Yeah, it's just definitely... There's definitely something to be said about the sweat. Yep. Yep. So you spent you spent a lot of time uh, playing with Paul G's, Paul Volpe. What was that like? Yeah, he's a real good player. I mean, I, I mean, he was kind of at a point in his stack where he couldn't really fuck around too much, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think he uh, did. You see? I think he. I think he. Yeah. Open full ace queen. And when I saw that, I was like, Jesus Christ, that was crazy. Yeah. But he was like early position, fifteen big one. I was only going plus two. Yeah. Wait, and you? Ha- oh yeah, that was the con- that was the- you had ace king. Yeah, right? ace king. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bomb, 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 right there. <laughs> and I think didn't people like didn't people think you said he saw your card or something like that? And you were just saying that he's so good, he's like a mind reader. I I I, <laughs> I remember seeing something about that, or was that? I not- I've, I've 
I've heard stuff about that. When I heard that, I just started laughing. It's just yeah. like conspiracy theories, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bunch of fucking weirdos. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, people just play like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to fucking help anybody in any tournament. I want all the chips. And I want, yeah. I mean, I don't think he saw shit. I think he just felt like he had 19 big blinds and he couldn't, or 18 big blinds and he didn't want to raise fold and they want to get it in. I mean, his stack is still worth some money and he's really deep in that tournament. I mean, every pay jump of that tournament at the at those stages is like winning a tournament. I guess he was trying to utilize his big blinds. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. I have a rule about that. I just, it, I just don't question Paul G's about MTTs. <laughs> pretty much my rule. <laughs> I think he knows what he's doing. He does. Yeah. He's pretty good at poker. So, Cool. Well, maybe um, if you got some time, we'd love to actually talk about a couple of specific hands, yeah, if you got a minute. Sure. Cool. Diego, you want to take the, the first one from uh, the, the ace-jack hand? Uh, sure. Okay. So, um, so, so Rob, we're going to – I have the, the, the hand description from Poker News, which we all know is not always 100% correct, um, right. even though this happened – um, live and on TV, which uh, I, I read the hand issue is correct. Okay, cool. And I, I, I and like I said, I didn't, I didn't actually see it live. I just went by uh, texts from, from Derek. So, um, <laughs> so but from the description, I'll, I'll read that and we'll go from there. Okay, so in this hand, looks like blinds are one fifty three hundred k. Um, you're in early position. Were you in, under the gun or under gun plus one? I think maybe under gun plus one. Under gun plus one. Okay. Uh, you have ace jack suited, and and do you know how big your stack was at this time? Uh, I think Roughly. that was I had about maybe seventeen million. I don't know if I played the Kings for no, I hadn't played the Kings yet. I don't think so. A little bit more uh, than you started. I had sixteen million. Okay, okay. Um, so you have ace check suited. So you open to six ten. You know, pretty standard open there. Um, and it says Osmus is on the button, and Greg Merson um, is in the big blind, and it looks like uh, everyone folded except for Greg in the big blind. So That's true. Okay, so it just went to the flop, just you and Greg. Um, and the flop was three. So you have ace, ace, jack of spades. Yeah. Um, the flop is three of spades, two of spades, two of clubs. Um, and you check. Uh, well, Rob, I'm uh, sorry, Greg was first to act and he checked. And then you checked. Um, right. So I'm just curious, you know, right off the bat, um, you know, why not bet there, take a stab? Um, you think he's always calling, you want to keep it cheap, or just curious if you thought process there of, of – of uh, of not betting that flop. Um, I just I felt like I still had the best hand, and I just kind of wanted to disguise it if I did hit the flush, and I didn't feel like Greg's range really smashed that board too much, and I I didn't want to blow him off anything. Right. Okay. So you so basically, I mean, what I'm hearing there is that your equity um is high in this hand, and his is probably pretty low, but you're okay to give some cards here because the card most of the cards that complete anything actually hit you. <laughs> hit yeah, you I, anyway. Yeah, and I and I feel like I'm my my hand reading strength is really really good live. Like I'm that's one of my strongest suits. So I feel like I, I can give a lot more free cards in a live tournament setting because especially because I have position on them too. I I don't know. I I, I just like giving a free card. Just try to let him bluff at it. Or right. There's a lot of turns if he leads into me, I can raise and I can wrap a big hand. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. I guess I guess you can increase your equity as well from just letting him bet. Um, and then having to let it, you know, shut down as opposed right. to take what's in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay. So then the turn uh, is now a, a, the queen of spades, which completes the flush. So obviously great card for you. Um, and he checked. Um, and then you checked behind here. Um, so are we thinking the same thing here? He's not calling anything? 
Um, I just feel like he has air, complete air right yeah, now. Right. You want to get a check fold, and I. I mean, he, I felt like maybe he could have some small pairs in his hands, and this this card obviously. I mean, would blow you off it as well, but I I don't know. I feel like he's going all mid pairs right here. I, I could have bet here, but I feel like Merson's really really fucking good, yeah. and there's a lot of spots where I could put a lot of chips in the spot, but he's he's so good that he could. He could even blow me off a hand like this just because the value in the tournament. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was playing nitty. We were playing nine-handed. Uh, for myself, I was obviously trying to get max value, and I didn't feel like betting right here I could get any chips off him. Right. Unless he actually had a, a hand that he could, you know, get in there with me. And I feel like a lot of just dry spades that he has in his hand, maybe like even a tennis spades, he's going to call a lot of rivers if the spade hits. Right. And... and I don't feel like I don't I don't feel like if I check Merson or if I check behind Merson three times I feel like or two times he, he he's gonna take it on the river he's gonna take his spot right you know? right like really really solid play he's not gonna just check all three streets like he, he didn't play this pot to just like give me chips you know what I mean he's right. gonna try to win the pot at some point right and right. he's never give you're never gonna I mean you're not gonna get two streets here like the concern is are you know can are you missing value on a street even if you got value on this street that you know you probably wouldn't get it on the river unless he completed right yeah you know, and he's more likely to bet into you like you said okay all right that, that makes sense to me um okay so then um the the so you check behind uh and the board is the five of diamonds um so the board is now three of cl- three of spades two of spades two of clubs queen of spades five of diamonds um so uh you know, there's not much out there other than the the flush um, and then, you know, a low straight um, and some, you know, small cards. And uh, he does lead out this time for 2.1. Right. Um, so I'm curious. So curious here. The, you know, Why don't I raise him? Yeah, I guess that's the that's, that's the what everybody asked me. Why don't yeah. you raise him? Why don't you raise him? Well, it's like, okay, it's like this. I'm playing for $8.5 million. Right. If I raise right here and he stuffs it down my face, oh. I can't ever fucking call unless I make a huge hero call. And then I still feel kind of crazy about it. But I know he's capable. And the other thing is, too, I feel like he has complete and total air and I'm getting no fucking value if I raise. So, <clears throat> right. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's never, ever, like, just... Like doing this with a hand, like I just don't think he has a hand right here. Yeah, that's the key. I, th- I think you're. Yeah. That's it right there. You're not gonna get any more value from anything right. other than beat stuff that has you beat. Right. And the other thing is, it's like he just two point five x pot. You know, I mean, like, it, right. there's how much more chips am I gonna get out of him? He <laughs> put a, so many chips in this pot. You know what I mean? What, what right. I raise him, and he's just gonna call. Like he's not gonna. Uh, I mean, some lower flushes he calls, but. Right. I mean, the way I play my hand to raise the river, I mean, it looks so, 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 so strong. I mean, what what can he call with, you know? It's, right. I don't know. It's a catch-22. Like, at that point, I feel like if we're shorthanded, I'm, I'm probably going to – there's going to be spots where I feel like I'm going to raise there. Uh, I felt like it was a very uh, – literally, it was like four hands in the tournament. So that probably had a lot to do with it as well. I mean, right. honestly, sure. there's, there's a lot going through your head besides just what's going on right there. You know, you yeah. try to fuck everything out, but, I mean, I have, like, this dude from across from me, like, yeah, like, like chopping his, like, hand across his neck, like, you're going out. <laughs> like, I'm like, what's going on over here? You know? This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> I play poker. Uh, so, uh, 
obviously a lot of factors that go into it. But yeah, honestly, that those, those are the three main reasons. Yeah. I feel like he has. Bottom line, he has nothing. So I'm all, if he does have something and he crams it on me, I have to fold. And the thing is, he is capable of doing it without anything. And then I feel like a big fucking idiot, you know what I mean, for opening that door, you know? Right. It's like opening Pandora's box. With, I mean, he's a really, really good player. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt like the uh, – I felt like at that stage of the tournament, it was just the right play. Yeah, and I guess what I'm, I'm – what I, I, I that makes a lot of sense, and, and I think that's a, a crucial fact there. You know, some people think, well, I got – you know, top uh, top flush here. He likely doesn't have a boat. I should bet because I want to get as much value as as I can. But they're not thinking about the fact that most of the time he's just folding anything. You know, you don't have that 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 that's behind you. But if you knew he had like king ten, right? Like how much value could you possibly get here? I'm just he had eight of diamonds. I mean, that's what he had. Right. No, I'm saying if if you knew he had king ten of spades, I'm just trying to think like if we could see his cards and he had, um, you know, the next best flush like okay, how yeah. much could you get from him anyway yeah i mean probably i'm literally i could probably get like maybe a min raise plus some right right exactly so yeah. it's another a lot of chips at that point but let, let's say i like i said i started with 15 or 16 million i mean <clears throat> i mean he bet a pretty sizable amount of my stack you know at, at the time right um if i make it four and then i have nine back and i have to fold with shove like i can't fold with shove ever but if I bust a tournament like in that spot because I open the door, I feel like I f- like I feel like it's a lot worse in the long run when you're playing for that much. When I feel like if I scale the blinds two more times, I'm gonna get two mil- two million chips. You know. So let me right. yeah. And, and just there's just spots where like I didn't want to put myself in a high variance situation where yeah. he was you know and he's very capable. I mean the guy's fucking good. And that's tournament. That's great insight into tournament dynamics right there, especially, I mean, you, you said you played a lot of cash, but you also played a lot, a lot of tournaments. And we have, you know, a lot of people who listen to this are coming over from cash or, or just starting to dabble into tournaments there. So can, can you talk about, I mean, you've talked about it a little bit, but, you know, just that, that concept of, you know, mixing the high variance plays with, you know, extracting the most um, equity right. possible. Like how, how does, I know there's no formula for this and it's like a lot of feel, but, you know, when you get this deep, like, you know, are you, what's the balance that you're trying to strike between extracting the most uh, equity possible in a hand and, well, and that, tournament life? I was, like, really, really <clears throat> messing with bet sizing. Like, there's one hand where I had two eights, and, like, there was there were spots where I I probably shouldn't make the bet, but I feel like if I made a weird down bet on the turn, like, in a spot where, I, like, ball singer flattened me out of the big blind, I think, mm-hmm. and it came queen, five, deuce, with three hearts, and I have two eights with eight of hearts. <laughs> He checks, I bet the same what I bet Peter Free. I bet like 700 to 1.3. He calls, turns a dud, like a five. He checks, offsuit, obviously, and I bet like 475. And I'm doing weird stuff like that where like I'm getting value and I'm also shutting down, like I'm checking behind all rivers in this spot, but I don't want to call a big bet on the river. And I feel like when I do stuff like that, he, he's got to take the spot right then where I'm just going to obviously, I mean, uh, if I get blown with the hand, I get blown with the hand, but I didn't risk anything. Right. In the same sense, it's like he's he's got to fucking have it. You know what I mean? He can't just he he can't just make a bold move right there just because he's out of position and it's I don't know. It's just like there's yeah. different that I was doing that were really unorthodox and people were like, what are you doing? Like you're betting like <laughs> six pot. I'm like yeah, I do that. You know? Yeah, but you're 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 kind of you're 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 cementing like your equity 
<laughs> and reducing the vi- the chance that right. you're gonna have to it's like it's just like, yeah. it's like merging like yeah. bluff bluff merging and like and using that for value too yeah i don't know it just uh, there's a lot of things that you would do in terms that are just so unorthodox sometimes that I, I that i do just because i feel like i can extract chips and gain what i need to get done on next streets without like in one shot you know yeah there's definitely things that you can do like that in tournaments, but it's way different than cash. Like in cash, like people are just going to like re-raise you every time and just reload, you know, it's like, right, right. Like, right. you're showing weakness, staining weakness, you know, let's take the pot. Yeah. Right. It's almost like yeah. you're giving up a little bit of value for reducing your variance there. And, yeah. and that's okay. in in these kind of spots and, and spots where I had showdown value, you know, and then, right. Like, right. and then there's also spots where I would take that same line where I do that. And then I have complete air. And then I'm like, two X potting river just because, I know if he can only call in a turn, he doesn't have a hand that he can call. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he if he's not raising me in this spot, it's going to be very hard for him to call on the river. Right. If I make the right bet. Right. And if he pops yeah. you back, then, you you know, your tournament isn't at, at risk yet. You know? Yeah, so I you can... need chips, and it's whatever. I mean, obviously, I could check behind again and just, like, take the free card, like, in the spot where I have some hand with some showdown value and I get blown off it. But there, there it goes. I feel like I do stuff when I have – but I have the hand, you know what I mean? Like, like it's like exact opposite almost. Like when I don't have a hand that can be shown out, I'm like trying to win the pot in weird sense, you know? And then right, right, right. <laughs> like I'm trying to like just obviously control the pot. Like I just yeah. love controlling pots. Like I love controlling pots in tournaments. It's, I feel like it's huge. So when did you – I'm curious. When did you start to – do you feel like you started to think at this level? Like, you know, I mean, was this something you've always thought of? Like when you started playing tournaments, you started – you got that right away or was it – I mean, months? I was just relentlessly aggressive when I first started playing tournaments. And I felt like any time I had a pair, I had to get it all in. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, I have to have the best hand. It's so hard to make a pair and hold them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, like I didn't understand the concept of – there's no reason to flip in this spot because like you can just gain in different spots. There's no reason to put yourself like literally call off in high equity situations just because, you know? Yeah. But I felt like, oh, I need to take every single edge. Well, that's not taking every single edge when you're just exploiting, like turning over two cards over and over, you know? But, it, yeah, yeah. But you I, know what's funny about that is that what you're describing there, and, and I agree with you totally, and, and I can I definitely, you know, see – the, the value of that and I, and I believe in it but a lot of that is the way like people who just start playing tournaments think too they're like they, you know like when you we make you make fun of a lot of the people who you know don't want to flip or you know or or, or you know you you raised with that or you you know you you played your whole tournament to put that at, at, at risk when you hear those kind of you know donkish comments but i feel like you go from playing conservative and tight like that to going aggressive in tournaments and then too much variance and then you kind of find you know find the right balance between the two later on i mean going from the internet to live, it's a completely different scene. It's just like, at, at, like on the internet, when you have, you know, 12 screens fired up, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm taking this, I'm taking this, I'm taking this, I'm taking this. But live, it's like, it's it's, it's one tournament. I don't know. Right. It's, it's weird. I mean, it sounds stupid, but I mean, like, you put yourself in so many more, like, high-variant situations online than you would live just because they're $30 tournaments and $100 tournaments and you just load them again, you know? Right. Live, it's right. like, I don't know. It's more of like it's more of an art for sure. I feel like absolutely cool. Interesting. Cool. But before we move on to the next set, I had a I had a question too about final table dynamics and specifically with the 15 minute delay. There's all this talk about people like checking in with their coaches to find out what people had and stuff like that. How much of that were you doing? I mean, did you have friends sitting in front of their no, laptops I, at home? I just told Sylvia that I did, and I just made him tell me every time he came back over from the. <laughs> <laughs> 
He, You're like, come on, man. I know anyway. You might yeah. as well tell me. He's like, I'm not just giving you this information. I'm like, yeah, no, no, dude. My friends are right. <laughs> That's great. I was, I was always wondering about that because it just seems like. Well, I told my friends to do that, but my friends are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> oh, my God. If you can't count on them in this situation, dude, you can't count on them ever. <laughs> he lost all the tickets that I gave him to give to everybody, like, to get into the people. <laughs> Ridiculous. You're like checking your phone for text updates of what yeah. hands people had is empty. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Jesus, dude, I've, I had to go get more tickets. Oh God, <laughs> that's frustrating. You're you're trying to prep for the final table and you got to worry about your friends not. I didn't. Not, yeah, I, I like pass it on to my girlfriend. I was like, here, you handle it. I'm yeah. I'm over this. Here, just do all this. <laughs> I turned off my phone. Everybody's like, so what's the plan? I was like, the plan is don't bother me. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I'm trying to win the fucking main event. <laughs> awesome, that's great. Speaking, of, uh, one last question before we move on to this last hand. Uh, you know, there was some sort of what's the word, like high profile um, focus on some of the guys who went out and got like a six man coaching team, and and you know, uh, Sylvia had Selps coaching, and so on and so forth. I mean, did, obviously you have friends who are poker players, but it doesn't sound like you went out and like did you know, three months of hardcore coaching. It sounds like you just kind of talked poker with your buddies while you were right. off. Yeah, I did, like, obviously I did some ICM stuff with some of the best sit-and-go players in the world, you know, and then I did other stuff where we talked to him. But at the end of the day, it's like, you make, like, you're not going to replay the situation ever. Like, it's, it's, yeah, you can do it. You can run these things and you feel comfortable. Like, I thought Russell Thomas was going to punt the tournament right at the beginning because he's raising every fucking hand thinking, like, oh, I'm so comfortable, I'm so comfortable, like, he was just losing chips after chips. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, he was yeah. like he was down like eight, six million, and I could tell he was he was he was visibly frustrated, you know. And it, like that's just from being like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna be the most comfortable in this situation. No, it's not like that. You put yourself on that stage, you, it's a whole different ball game. You know what I mean? Like that's cool. I'm glad he did that. I'm glad everybody did what they did. But everybody's different, and I feel like I. And I felt like Russell. He even said he was like not a tournament player at all. You know, right? Like. I feel like, yeah, if you're not a tournament player, you got to know what's going on. But I've been grinding MTTs for, like, a sizable amount of time, live and online. And I felt very confident in a lot of spots. And I felt like talking to my buddies who are really, really good and getting – like, I worked with John Van Fleet, for sure. I worked with Stevie. I worked with – you know, when I went to when I went to Mexico, I mean, I got to talk to David Emmons, Elio Fox, like, all these guys that are, like – really really good players you know they're really really solid and they think on a different level and yeah just just talking like different spots like even usc fildo was like there you know and i got to like pick his brain about like right. feel and stuff like that you know so there's like everybody plays differently and there isn't once you get to a certain level there isn't like the wrong the right play like you just you can everybody can talk about it and they can like you know come to a conclusion you know so i feel like i, I feel like that's with their 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 ambitions was just to like really really feel like they were real comfortable and ready for the tournament and I felt like I really was as well, you know, in my own right. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Cool. cool. All right. Well let's jump to this other hand. This um and this might end up being another example of kind of what we talked about with the last hand and and sort of trying to control things and not put yourself into high variance positions. But um this is the hand where you open uh Queen Eight of Spades. Um I think you were in early to mid position. You make it 495, and uh, Osmus calls with 9-7 of spades. Yeah. Who's the uh, coach so at the time, which I came to find out like at that point in the tournament. 
What's that? He's a taker online. Like, I didn't know that. You know, he's a super. Oh, okay. He's like, that crushes, you know, he, he knows what's up. At that right. point, yeah. it's like, you know, a grinder that knew how to play, but like, I got more information on him. So I knew, I knew he's, I knew he knew what was up, you know, and he was playing right. nitty at that point too. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of seemed like it, at least from what they broadcast. Yeah. Cool. So the, the, the pot at this point is one little over 1.3 million and the flop comes four five two spades and then the queen of diamonds. So pretty much if you're going to open the queen, queen eight of spades, this is pretty much your dream flop, right? Yeah. Flop Jim. Yeah. Um, so Osmus checks and you bet 580 K, which is basically like half, you know, half ish, a little under half pot. Um, Osmus calls, um, probably not. I mean, that's, I think pretty standard, pretty straightforward. The, so the pot's now 2.48 million. Um, and the turn is an, a seven? The turn is a seven. It's, yeah, because it gives me a gutter ball. <laughs> yeah, and, and gives him a, a pair to go with his. Right, he has seven on his bids. That's true. Yeah, and at this point. But I don't know uh, that. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, so Osmus checks, and then you you bet $1.2 million, So, again, about uh, half pot. Right. Um, and Osmus calls. So, now at this point, the pot is $4.8 million. Um, and then the river is some random blank. Right. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry. It's a queen. Right. Um, it's not a random blank <laughs> at all, actually. It's, it's, it's the unblankest uh, of cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a queen giving you trips. And Osmus checks again, and you... I, this is kind of one of the few times where you didn't like snap move. You kind of thought for a second, and then you almost looked like well, fine. How much I was? Uh, <laughs> is that what it was? Like yeah, how my friends? I was are like, killed. am I really going to check this here? But yeah, there is just like I had spades in my hand. It's really hard for him to have spades. I have them. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Uh, what is he going to be completing with on the flop? Like there's some fives and fours, sure, but obviously, I didn't think. I didn't think my hand. Where from his college, like I, I obviously I didn't even think he was playing as loose as like the nine seven suited. You know, I played a hand with him one hand early where he did show down Jack nine of hearts, but it was like a completely different game. Like he was like in position, and like I don't know, like out of position. I felt like his his hand his calling strength was pretty strong. Man, felt like I could get called by two eights two nines, but I just it was like thirteen or fourteen left, and his stack size at that point, I think he called two streets, and it left him with about. A little under eight million, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to bet fold into that stack, and I didn't know. I really didn't feel like confident. Like I didn't feel that confident in the hand, honestly. I just didn't feel. Like, yeah. At that point, it was just one of those feel things. I mean, obviously, like I can bet a hundred percent of the time and bet, you know, race fold a hundred percent of the time. You know what I mean? Like once you once you stick it or do something, I can get value from a lot. A lot thinner range, but I don't, at that point, the main event, I guess, like you said, is one of the hands I actually thought and thought thought about, and I just felt like, again, I was playing a good player. I knew what was going on. He knew what was going on, and mm-hmm. yeah, for you, you tanked for an eternity. Yeah, <laughs> I just felt like there's a lot of queens in his range that he's calling with too, and he's gonna just check call a lot of queens too. You know what I mean? Right. I mean. Yeah, it's kind of a, you make a good point that you obviously have two spades, so he doesn't have that very often. So his range, his his range for calling you on the flop and the turn is a lot of queens. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what people are like. Well, yeah, you can also be calling eights, nines, and I'm like, yeah, for sure, he can be doing that. He can be doing anything in his game. But at the same point, right. like 
I don't know, man. It's just certain points, like I said, I get thin value sometimes, and I don't even go for value when I have the nuts sometimes. I don't know. It just, it's, it, I just balance it in a weird way. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's probably bad, but in the same sense, I don't care. I mean, I, I play my own game. I mean, there's certain spots where if I don't feel comfortable or the with the player or the situation, like, like yeah, I might, I might knuckle that back trips, you know. <laughs> or, right. Or I, well, particularly there where you're coming up, you know, you're not yet quite on the final table bubble, but, you know, you're essentially staring at it. And 17, 16 people left, something like that. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot more equity than even just what's on the pay sheet. Well, and I, I, I think at that point, too, I think what else was going on with me is that, like, I lost my mojo a little bit. Like, I just got crippled by Sylvia, where I had all the chips, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had $25 million, like, when there's, you know, 20 people left, you know. So after losing that pot, that, like, I had a stack of about $13 million and... Um, I think with all the money I had in the pot, I think it was down to like a little around ten. So I, I always, I obviously had the final table in mind, and I, I don't know. I just really wanted to preserve my stack if I was beaten, and then if I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was getting too much left, you know. Yeah, and there's got to be a party at that point that's just like, okay, I've grinded my way through this many days. I can continue to grind back even though I just lost this huge pot. Right. I just did it the day before. Like, I had to go into lockdown mode. Like, after having 12 million, I got fucked in some pots and I lost some flips and I got down to, like, all the way to three, you know? And I just like, play like a knit and wait for the two kings and, like, double. You know? I don't know. I felt like I changed gears really well in that tournament and I felt like I changed gears in the middle of hands really well, too. I mean, it it's, it's hard to do it all. And it's, I mean, you can't play a tournament perfect, you know? So, obviously... There's a lot of argument for that hand where I could have got a lot more value. I just didn't. Get, I just didn't go for it. Yeah. Cool. No, that makes sense. Cool. Um, I, you know, obviously people would probably ask us why we, we didn't discuss your your bust out hand, but I think it's kind of standard from your standpoint, right? I mean, Colin with the sevens there. But what did you think of Sylvia's shove? I feel like it was bad. I felt like he can raise fold so so much easier. I have twenty big ones. I have to have it. There's a stack of five million. Like I. I I, yeah. I have to have it every fucking time. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I can't do it ICM wise or I'm just the biggest fish there is, you know? <laughs> right. But in his mind too, I mean it's it's still it's still profitable to shove, you know? Yeah. Well it's the, profitable but it might not be the best play. Right. Yeah. Like that's what we're talking about. But at the end of the day, like there's always gonna there's always gonna be the best play in somebody else's mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've argued with people like one way or the other, and like they'll just like you know be like, oh, the, the mass doesn't do it. You got to do it. The mass doesn't do it. You know, it's like, okay, I get that, but there's also certain points like you have to take in consideration. You know, it's not a hundred dollar freeze out. It's a fucking main event. You know, right, right. right. <clears throat> I know that sounds stupid because everybody's like, hey, you got to play every tournament the same. Like, they, you got to go and do it, but that's just not the truth. You know, it's it's not. It's not. I mean, people say that and they want to believe it, and they like variance and math and this study but it's not it's it's just it, bottom line it isn't it's like if you're playing the biggest cash game you ever played with and fish it's not going to be the same you're, you know what i mean it's it's like you're going to make your book your biggest win you ever played you know right. i don't know is every situation is always going to be different and to say it's wrong or right or the best play I, i'm not going to say that because i i don't like it but some other people do you know right yeah right cool and i have to have it you know like a hundred percent of the time, right? It's really hard, but like you said, like he can. There's, I don't think it's the best play for sure, but I'm not gonna dog anybody on that play. Like, you play how you play. 
Yep. That's the beauty. That's it's a good attitude to have. Yeah. So what's next for uh, what's next for you tournament wise? I know you, you we were talking before we started recording. You just came back from Jacksonville. What's uh, what's next on your schedule? Uh, I mean, I really want to go do F tops and then PCA. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a fun vacation plus work. <laughs> That does sound yeah, fantastic, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go do that in a heartbeat right now if I could. Like a good combo. You're, pre- you're pretty interesting to follow on Twitter, too. What's your uh, – what's your? you want to give your, your handle oh, out? At, at Rob Salaburu. Just one word, any underscores or anything? Just straight yeah, up Rob yeah. Salaburu? Okay, cool. Yep. So R-O-B-S-A-L-A-B-U-R-U. It is enjoyable. In fact, today, in fact, I learned – from Rob's Twitter, that male dolph- dolphins rape other male dolphins. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's a little known fact, but me and Rob know it because yeah. I follow him on Twitter. I was fucked up. I read that and I was like, damn, dude, those dudes are fucking hardcore. <laughs> like prison out there. They look so sweet, too. Yeah, they're just raping each other. So the the, the, the sea is just one big prison to them. Yeah. Basically, is what it is. They're like, yeah. get me out of here. Yeah. And... The beauty of it is that they could swim away at any point, but they choose to stay and get raped. <laughs> God, this is starting to sound like a you know political. Uh, <laughs> someone's going to say something here that will not let them win office in ten years. <laughs> you know who would actually be a great addition to this conversation is Dave Emmons. To bet you don't. Yeah, he, is, he could add incredible insight. Yeah, I love Davey. He's my boy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's awesome. He's done some videos for us in the past, and yeah, he's, he's uh, awesome. not only an incredible poker player, but just a really cool, cool guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a different human, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, cool, Rob. I want to thank you for uh, for joining us, and once again, thank you for uh, for repping TPE at the final table. It was uh, exciting yeah. for everybody, especially I know the members. We, we actually had a, a little sweat going in the TPE chat room with probably, I think that night we probably cracked 50 or 60 people just sitting there watching you so that was cool Thanks, man yeah i'm glad i was able to represent you and i obviously wish i could have gone deeper but uh i hope my controversial figure helps you get some more clients for sure <laughs> cool we'll just uh, just go in just go in pca instead yeah. <laughs> that, that awesome. amazing cool thanks again rob yes yeah, nice sure, talking man. to you rob i appreciate it thanks again guys it was nice meeting both of you absolutely you as well we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back here to wrap things up on the tournament poker edge podcast we wore grain on the steel wheel candy coated paint shorty you know what it is texas where them boys stay dipping and they stay sip, sipping on that syrup. I ain't tripping, we in Texas. And my city is the tone. Yes, I represent it, you can hear it in my tone. Boy, I stay on, I'm fresher than the baby. And yeah, I'm the shit, but you can never change me. Self made hustler, I'm going in that water. I'm colder than the mud, but call me five star. Yeah, I stay hot, my city still blazing. And hoes call me NBA, they say I'm so amazing. I'm married to the streets, I fuck around with the curve. Turn the ball in my city like a play for the Spurs. Yeah, and I hate the Popovich. I'm a player, not a coach, like Greg Popovich. Yeah, I talk a lot of shit, like I swallow myself. The dudes stay sick, and I ain't talking about my health. When I die, remember me like the Alamo. Sitting high like a slab off a 24 in Texas. With wood grain on a steel wheel, candy coated paint, shorty, you know what it is. Texas. 
Where them boys stay dipping and they stay sipping sippin on that syrup. I ain't tripping, we in Texas. Welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Big thanks to Rob for stopping in today. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think he's a fun guy. I think yeah. he's interesting to talk to. And I think he kind of had a cool take on the whole final table experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, not many of us has been in his situation, obviously. Um, you know, if you if if I was ever there, I would I would hope to view the he had like the perfect balance between understanding the stage, but also, you know, playing poker and trying to keep his head level for poker, but understanding the value of what he was in and, and the, you know, the risk and the, the reward of, of, of his, of his strategy. Um, right. And I hope to have that kind of calmness and coolness if I'm ever in that position. Uh, like yeah. He is, you know, I think he handled it really well. And like I said, you know, I know the guy was controversial and, you know, he got a little bit of his back, you know, his take on how they edited him, right? Yeah. I mean, look, if they captured the chat windows of a lot of people during tournaments, <laughs> like their, their IMs <laughs> or their Skypes, you know, conversations about other players at their table. Um, <laughs> yeah, like how many th- – I mean, I, you know, I consider you and I both pretty nice guys, but I'm sure – Hundreds of times we've like gone to dinner break or something. And would, God, I got this idiot yeah. at my table. He's right. like the worst player I've ever played with. I mean, that just happens. It just happened to be that Rob had a mic on yeah. every time he went to talk yeah. to his friends. And you know, I think he did get a lot of look. Whatever. If you guys don't agree with me, and you know, you want to, you, you don't like him for this. Um, I, I think he got a lot of negative backlash, unwarranted for rooting against Hill um, to bust. Okay. I mean, you know, you're rooting to make the, the November nine, and if he couldn't keep that quiet. Um, I don't really fault him for that. It's hard right. not to root externally to make the final the number nine, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't expect that. You know, I don't expect anybody to listen to us and go, "Oh yeah, they're right." We, we, I like him now. I mean, but, but I just I think know. different people like different styles, and I think it's it's one of the first times in a while where the ESPN and the World Series had somebody that they could kind True. of really paint as a. Villain? Yeah, that made it that deep and was actually good and, you know, wasn't like yeah. barking or something, you know, like, you know, this is real, you know, real action and, and a real, and he had a lot of chips, you know? He, yeah, chip. yeah, and I think they, they I think they took that opportunity and kind of ran with it yeah. by sort of showing a lot of footage of him, you know, dancing around. He always and, will. But I, I will yeah. say that I, um, I really enjoyed the conversation with him about, um, you know, variance and t- dynamics and, um, you know, understanding um, the value of tournament life and, um, you know, going for value as opposed to increasing the risk. I, I, I think those are all vital, vital um, elements and how there's no standard play. Um, well, I mean, sometimes there is a standard play, but a lot of times, you know, you could argue a lot of different options um, and everyone right. plays their own style. Um, and some people are obviously better than others, but you, know, you really shouldn't sure. discount some strategies. There's a lot to be learned from different people and the way they play. Yeah, and, and so many things are results-oriented, obviously. I mean, everybody has talked about how great Merson has played, and I absolutely agree. Um, but let's not forget there was a hand where he shoved all in with, like, Jack High or something. And, yeah, Queen Jack. And, and it worked, and it was an amazing play. But if, he gets, if, he, if he's beat and he gets called there, then everybody's talking about how he exploded and blew up. Right. You know? So obviously the way things turn out yeah. and the way the results end up affect people's perception right. of how certain people play, right. you know, so, you know, it's easy to go, well, he should have bet trips on the river when he had Queens, but, um, 
you know, if he does that and then gets all the ships in bad against a bigger queen or something, then everybody's like, why would he ever raise there? Right. right. <laughs> you know, why, why not just call and or just check behind or you know? Well, there was also a spot where Merson, I think he put in fifty bigs with threes or something like that. You know, on a five bet. Yeah, yeah. But he could have easily been, you know, seeing eights or nines or tens, which I guess his thinking was eights or nines or tens are folding there because of the size right. of it. But you know, yeah, to your your point, he's valid. You know, there's, yeah, people do get aces yeah. too. <laughs> well, I mean, the point is that as good as you are, and Merson, you know, will be come down as, as as good as there is, you're still going to make some mistakes here and there. You know, sure. just I mean, if you, you you may not call that a mistake, you may, but no one plays perfect for, you know, so many days and doesn't have one or two spots somewhere at the minimum. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, no, I enjoyed that. And the Ace Jack hand, I thought it was a good conversation around, um, you know, going for value as opposed to preserving your your stack and certain points. Um, it's right. important as a tournament player. To, to understand. Absolutely. Yep. I thought it was cool, too, to hear. Um, I hadn't really heard much mention of, at all about who he had kind of talked to about the final yeah. table and stuff. And again, he, he made it pretty clear that he didn't like, go out and get hardcore coaching. But, um, I mean, having Stevie444 as sort of your coach for yeah. what is essentially a, a really big sit-and-go right. is a pretty good coach to yeah. have for a sit-and-go. <laughs> I mean, he might have some of the most experience of anyone there. I mean, you know, just in terms of both live and online, a combination of the two. Right. Been, yeah, I think experienced in that. Right. I think Merson was a little more hyped up because he had won, the, obviously won a bracelet in a, in a really tough event. I mean, the 10K6 max, maybe the toughest event other than, like, you know, the the, the big yeah. 50K mix or something. But... um but, but yeah, in terms of just sheer sheer volume yeah. and time playing, he's a, he's uh, a true grinder. Right. You know, back in you know a couple of years ago, he was back before Black Friday. He was a true grinder. Yeah, One of those guys. Was, you know, he said he made the the TLB right. He made tournament yeah. leaderboard. You don't you don't do that playing you know once a week Sundays. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's like Sean Deeb volume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Cool. So yeah, definitely definitely enjoyed having him on. So uh, cool. you know, thanks again to Rob for. For wearing the patch and for uh, for coming on the show, he uh, obviously has many things he could be doing, but it was nice of him to jump on the show with us. Yep. Cool. Cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on over at TPE. Yeah, some good series running right now. Actually, um, by the time this airs, uh, Big Dog series just ended, as did Jamie Kerstetter's premiere, which was well-received. People really really liked her her, her series. Of, it was a good one, so it, it's, it's, you know, it's understandable. Um but it was it was you know a good series just ended. Um, you can see those on the site under videos, and we have a couple of new series coming. Um, ben Warrington um, is back for a hand history review of one of our members, and um, it's in a scoop or W coop. I can never remember one of the two. Um, a two fifteen that the member makes the final table on, um, and I think Ben played with him like deep as well. So uh, he's nice. merging some of that, you know, that those hands into the, the hand history and, you know, talking about his perspective on the play as well, being at the table with the guy. So that'll be cool. Yeah, that should be cool. Um, and Ben's series are always good. I mean, he's consistently one of the highest rated pros. Um, and he's got a new mic. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, <laughs> he even says it in the, the kickoff of the new series. He's like, I got a new mic. I also have not placed the mic on my lips because <laughs> for some reason he had it so close to his mouth that every time he like would breathe, they'd get like feedback. But that's a bit all corrected. No more of that problem. Um, high quality series, a long one. Um, and, you know, if you like hand history reviews, 
um, this is going to be a good time for you because we just got off of the two live sweats, the Jamie and the, the, the big dog, um, who big dogs was a Sunday million deep run. Um, and Jamie's was a, a couple of, um, you know, mid range tournaments. Um, Ben is doing this member hand history review and as is Chris Moon. Chris Moon is back with his second series for us. Um, once also very highly regarded, um, series, um, and talk about a, a Twitter that you should follow. Yeah. What's his Twitter account? You know, uh, the Chris Moon. The Chris Moon. Yeah. Definitely follow Chris's Twitter account. He's an entertaining guy. Um, really yeah. funny. Uh, he's back with a, a member hand history review as well, um, for Doug's, who is one of the most prominent uh, members of the site. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so we should have a couple of good series running, um, and then a couple more rolling in. Um, we, it, it won't, re- I don't have the full series yet from the video producer, but we have a HEM, Hold'em uh, Manager Expert, coming on board who's going to be doing a series for us. So that, look for that in a couple of weeks. And members, I think that's going to be really good. We have, we have a lot of members who ask. Yeah different questions about him and I am by no means an expert. So, no. and, and, and I don't think, you know, I mean, Casey sometimes doesn't even use a HUD. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be nice to have somebody come in and who can really answer yeah. those questions. I, mean, I really, I like analytics. Um, my day job is all about analytics. And so um, I'm looking forward to this and putting that to use. Um, so that should be good. Um, and, you know, we've got some, you know, like I said, some great videos and um, some other big news about the site is that we have a new podcast um, under the TPE podcast banner, you want to talk about? Um, you want to chirp a little bit about our new uh, our new podcast? <laughs> yeah, chirp. Um, yeah, this has been really cool. It's um, the, the new podcast is called the Chirp Herm Show, and you can find it uh, if you just go over to Tournament Poker Edge and click on podcasts. You can select from the three different podcasts, this being one of them. And it's a really cool podcast. It's hosted by uh, Mark Herm, a.k.a. Dipthrong, uh, a.k.a. Chirp Herm. And it's, it, it's a poker podcast, and I, and I don't want to turn people off who, who just want to listen to a poker podcast, but it's a little bit of a different kind of poker podcast. It takes a little bit of a different angle, I think. Um, Mark has had a pretty well you know, documented r- rough couple of years <laughs> over the last couple of years. So he kind of he kind of brings that into the show a little bit, and he talks to people about some of the challenges they're facing. Um, but it's but it's all poker players, and they and they do talk a ton of poker and strategy. Um, so the very first episode is just him kind of introducing the show and letting people know what to expect. Um, and then the second is Amanda Musumeci, who had a pretty well publicized uh, dispute. Uh, with her boyfriend and and actually was a little bruised up and things like that. So they talk in depth about that incident, um, but they also talk a ton about poker, and um, and it's just been a really fascinating show and, it, and people have loved it. It's gotten yeah. like you know rave reviews. I haven't seen a single person who hasn't liked. Fascinating it. is the right word. You know, he's the kind of guy. He has the stories. He knows everyone that, and he's just really good at talking about it. it you. you it's just you mesmerized listening to it um, because it's real. It's not, you know, this is a guy who went through a lot of stuff. Um, he has a great view on life. Um, and he's, do, you know, he's not, he doesn't sugarcoat anything that happened to him or that he's done. And you're, you know, if you want to know what, you know, the, the poker, the, the, the elite poker um, crowd has done or been through, you know, what it was like at the height of, you know, U.S. poker um, and what was happening, it, these are the stories that, you're getting the stories directly from from Mark because he was right in the middle. If you his his name online was Dipthrong, so everyone should you know every, he's a legend online. He's won everything. Um, yeah. You know, some I've seen people tweet that he is the single best poker mind in the world. Um, right. So I mean, he is a fantastic 
player and um, just a really engaging guy. Uh, and I could not stop listening to, you know, I listened to both 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 release shows so far, and it was really really interesting. So yeah, yeah, I think it's amazing, and I think um, I think it's going to only get better as he gets more comfortable. I mean, one of the cool things about it is that it's a very it's not a sleek produced show. Right. It's like Mark chatting with his buddies yeah. uh, about life and poker and hitting record while he does it. Yep. And I think that com- I think that comes off really well and 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 makes for a very interesting podcast because there's not I don't think he plans anything. In fact, I'm Definitely sure he doesn't he because does. I've worked with him on the recording yeah. process. <laughs> you know, he's just like, oh, uh, I mean, there were days where he was like, oh, who's online? Uh, oh, it looks like uh, Paul Jesus is online. <laughs> I think I'll call him and record a podcast. Yeah. I'm like, all right, you, you go. Um, yeah. So I, I think you know I, I don't want to name a ton of names because I hate to disappoint people when they don't end up end up doing the show. But I expect to see a ton of really cool yeah. people on this in the coming weeks. He knows everyone. So uh, yeah, no doubt about it. So stay tuned. So again, it's the Sure Perm Show. Check it out uh, over at tournamentpokeredge.com. You can find it there. And uh, let us know what you think. And um, you can always also follow uh, Dipthrong on Twitter. It's at Dipthrong. So that's D-I-P-T-H-R-O-N-G. And um, he's been really active in like responding to people's comments and stuff. And so if you have somebody you want to see on the show or you have a question for him, uh, hit him up and I know he'll, uh, he'll respond. So. Yep. Cool. Got that. It's good. Cool stuff. Good. All right. Well, good. All right. Well, once again, thanks to Rob. I want to thank him one more time for coming in. That was awesome. And uh, thanks to all of you guys out there for listening. And uh, we hope to talk to you again soon on the next episode of the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. See you later. Love it, it's not rough, it isn't fun.